You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. Welcome to a groundbreaking critical conversation series of served up podcast episodes recorded live at the vibrant Maya event at the Tales of the Cocktail. Get ready for a riveting lineup of episodes that delve deep into the heart of what the beverage industry truly cares about, from sipping on powerful discussions about diversity, equity, and belonging, to raising a glass to conversations about the oppressive shadow of censorship, and even toasting to the importance of cherishing the elders of the LGBTQ plus community, and so much more. We're here to uncork critical conversations that will leave you inspired, informed, and ready for action. So get ready, folks, because we're about to get served up a series of these conversations that will quench your thirst for knowledge, ignite your passion for progress, and leave you with a renewed sense of purpose. Let's do this. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. Welcome to a truly captivating episode of Served Up. We're about to embark on a journey of acceptance, celebration, and the power of authenticity. Our guest is an incredible human in the world of spirits, an advocate for change, and the inspiring LGBTQ plus national ambassador of Bacardi, the one and only Chris Cabrera. Welcome to Critical Conversations with Served Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Albert, and we're here today at Tales of the Cocktail. And I'm your co-host, Julie Milroy. I'm so excited to be here. Um, And today we have a very special guest joining us, Chris Cabrera, Bacardi's first national LGBTQ plus brand ambassador. Chris, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy coming, you know, and just speaking about the work that so many of us are doing, you know, to push our industry forward and and just make it more of an inclusive and equitable and fair space for everyone. So I'm always happy to, to jump on these conversations and get involved. That's amazing. I mean, you know, we are the hospitality industry, right? So... You know, I think it's just natural that you want to bring people together. You want people to feel good. You want to feel like they're at home. And I really feel that I definitely feel the vibe here now and love it. So what does hospitality mean to you? And how did you kind of get into this career and and take the lead on what you're doing today? Sure. I I think hospitality is something 
I believe is it's just deeply ingrained in me. It's just been something I've always, you know, taking care of other people, making sure they're okay, hosting them. For me, it's something I really um, genuinely enjoy doing. And before, you know, before I, I kind of entered the, the bar industry, I was, you know, I wanted to be the best chef in the world. So I went to the Culinary Institute of America oh, in St. Helena one. in Northern California. And so... Coming into the bar industry was something that happened very accidentally. Um, I was, you know, training. I was working for Thomas Keller at some of his restaurants um, and just loving cooking. Kind of just fell into bartending because I was working for a famous pastry chef. And she was also a famous lesbian, Elizabeth Faulkner. And she wanted me to work her ladies night behind the bar. And she asked me at that time, um, I was identifying as Christina. She was like, Christina. Um, I think you're hot. Do you want to bartend? And I was like, sure. And <laughs> 13 years later, you know, I, uh, I'm, you know, I moved to New York uh, to be the Grey Goose ambassador. So for me, I think hospitality has kind of helped me to get to every different um, chapter of my life. So it's, it's been the one constant, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really amazing. I love how you just said, she said, you're hot, you're hired. Because at one time, um, that's like what it was required to jump behind the bar. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you had to have a certain, and, in, and this was, like I said, way before, you know, the social awakening of 2020. Absolutely. This was, you know, 2007. Things were very different back very then. Very different. And, you know, even, you know, in, a, in the culinary world, you know, back then I was identifying as, as a woman. And, you know, to be a woman of color, you know, in spaces back then in 2000, and even up until very recently, it was a very cis, white, male-dominated world. So uh, you found it in the kitchen, and you found it, you know, behind the bar as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love to talk about the significance of your role as the LGBTQ plus brand ambassador really during the time that we live in now, where our country is facing some policies that go against everything that the community is all about. And I want to understand how your work really contributes for the fight for equity and inclusion for all. Sure. Th th what a question. First of all, that's an amazing question. <laughs> um, I think the, my, the work that I'm doing now more than ever, I think holds a special significance and, 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 and a special meaning. Um, because there's over 500 anti-LGBTQ laws in 36 states that are trying to be passed or have been passed. So right now, it's more important than ever that all these communities and, and these, you know, these places where they have the most egregious laws see that people like us, brands like us, a, you know, a whole pocket of the industry that's different from the LGBT community sees them. So it's been really important for me this past year um, to make sure I was visiting cities and supporting cities that could, you know, I've been to Indianapolis. I went to Indianapolis, Pride in Indiana. They have harsh anti-LGBTQ laws. I went to Nashville, Tennessee, you know, the, where I'm essentially putting myself in harm's way because I am transgender and, you know, I am a person of color. And, and you know, in Tennessee, I could get arrested for going to the correct restroom. And so for me, I, I had... You know, my wife was worried. You know, the folks I worked with were worried and, you know, concerned. I was like, I have to do this. I was like, they live there every day. I can go visit and support them. And it was really important for for Bacardi. You know, I, Bacardi has always supported me in doing these things. So throwing these drag events and just having the community and meeting with them and talking with them and just getting to know them. I think the media does a disservice a lot of the time with our community. Yes, 
they're living in these really, really harsh states that, you know, are basically saying we shouldn't exist, but they're still living their lives and they're still thriving in their own way. So for me, it's important to get to as many of those cities on Bacardi's behalf as I can. And I think remembering that pride started as a protest. So mm-hmm. hope that answered the question. I know that was a, wa- was a roundabout beautiful. way of getting to it, but I think I got to it. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I, I just, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I think that it, it definitely comes from a place of, um, you know, of who you are as a person and as a leader. So like what gives you the courage to do that, right? I mean, put yourself in harm's way to go out there for something greater than yourself and your own situation, especially in these areas that, um, you know, the laws and policies are not in your favor. How do you, how do you find that courage within yourself? You know, my entire life, I've, I've always considered myself, you know, a fighter and I've never liked being told I can't do something. And I, you know, I've always done it just to, to spite, you know, being told no. And I think I get my courage because if not me, then who? And, you know, I am fearless to a point and it's been, you know, my detriment, but also a blessing, a blessing and a curse. Um, But when I came out as transgender at 41 years old, um, I'm 44 now. So it's only really the last three years, like three years I've been living my my true self. And I found this new found confidence that I never had before because I was in the correct body living my life now. And with that confidence, I wanted to make sure that. I'm in a place, you know, within Bacardi, within the industry, where I, I have, you know, that 15 minutes. I have that bullhorn. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it for, you know, as long as I can and as long as I have it to uplift my community and make sure that they're getting the same resources, they're getting the same tools. Because I think there's so much beauty. And I think, you know, trans folks are magical. I think being trans makes us, gives us, that is our superpower, you know, to live. So I said it on another podcast I was on, but... You know, being transgender, this is the happiest I've ever been been in my life, living my truth. But this is also the most terrified I have been living my truth. Because when you're trans, you can't live in your truth and not be scared at the same time. So for me, I understand that. So, and like I said, I'm older now. And... What a lot of people have to remember about the LGBTQ community is I'm a Gen Xer, but there are not a lot of boomer queer folks around because of the age, the age crisis. We lost a whole generation of elders, of playwrights, of lawyers, of doctors, of leaders, of revolutionaries, of pro, you know, people who are doing what I did. So I almost feel being a 44-year-old trans person, it's my obligation um, and my honor to to create more space and to leave this world better than when I found it. So I think that's where the courage comes from. And you're doing it. I hope so. Sometimes I get stuck in um, when you're in the work and you're doing it every day. uh, Sometimes it's hard to take a step back and and understand if you're really making a difference. If it's, if if everything, you know, that I'm going through emotionally, mentally, and physically to do the work, if it's making a difference at all. And I think it's nice to to hear that. so thank you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, I mean, we see that, and I'm sure sure you hear it from people's lives that you've impacted, right? I mean, that's where, that's a passion that drives me when somebody says, wow, you really helped me with this, or you inspired me to do this. And, and for that 
that younger generation, like you went through your transition, what you said three years ago. So we're the same age, 79, yeah, right? 78, yeah, yeah. Oh, 78. I'm going to be 45 okay. in a couple of weeks. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm 79. Love it. I used to be the youngest one in the room. I'm not anymore. Yeah. So I get it. What a realization um, when, I, when you get yeah, that, right? You're like, like oh, you're like, I am wait, definitely what happened? person I used in this to be, room. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, having that confidence. And sometimes it does come with life experiences. So what do you say to that next generation people that are like still not wanting to come out as their true self and and being who they truly are and being comfortable with that and being happy, even if it's a little scary? Like, what do you say to, to those people? You know, to hang in there, I think... It takes a lot of it. It takes a lot of courage to to be able to say, uh, you know, I'm I'm trans or I'm gender nonconforming or I'm non-binary to to live outside that status quo that's been you know that we've all been put in. Um, so, what I always try to tell uh, you know the the next generation of queer folks is to live your truth as unapologetically as you can because mm-hmm. you and if you don't you aren't in the space to do so you know right then and there know that it will, your time will come and not to give up on yourself. I think, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the queer folks in all these, you know, red states, they're scared. And I think for us as trans, as, you know, queer elders, we just want to tell them to keep going and not to give up and Mm -hmm. that they'll find their people. We all did it. Some of us, it took longer than the other. You know, I lived as Christina for 41 years, so I'm living as Chris now. And you know, I know, I know trans folks who have started transitioning in their 60s because it, mm-hmm. it's just a journey for some people. And to come to that, on, to be 100% honest with yourself, that's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just hang in there. Do not give up and know that there's a whole, a whole community that loves you and wants you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the community and, and what what everyone is up against and, you know, how can we address the issues collectively? I think collectively it's all about listening. I think, you know, as a society, we're, we're just not very good at listening. We always want to be heard, but we don't ever want to listen. And I think that's what it is just hearing, I think, and humanizing um, an experience. I think for me, I'm I, I'm usually the first trans people a lot of um, people have met, mm-hmm. and I, it's, you know, I want them walking. What I do with them is I just talk to them, and I really just humanize who I am. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's easy to hate an idea or a thought of who someone is, but when you're faced with someone, and they're kind and they're generous and they're you know, um, you know, forthright with you, it, it's hard to to dismiss it. So I think, you know, collectively, I just think it, it's coming all from the same place. At knowing, you know, as a person, because I, as a trans person of color, I'm still learning things. Sometimes mm-hmm. I still misstep. So I misgender sometimes. And it's all a learning process. And I think all of us have to understand that and be more gracious with each other to mm-hmm. understand that we're all going to make mistakes. This is new territory for all of us, especially, you know, the older folks, you know, the Gen Xers mm-hmm. and the boomers, you know, um, not that we're set in our ways, but you know, we've been living one way a really long time. So for me, if I can see the change in someone and, you know, they may say, you know, ignorant things, but I correct them and then they're willing to listen to that. I can work with that. Yeah. I can always work with Mm -hmm. someone. So I I would say collectively open mind, come in with an open mind, come in with grace, you know, and, and come to listen. 
-hmm. and don't center yourself. Like, listen to the people that you're fighting for and know that the people you're fighting for, they're uncomfortable. So it's going to make, so you're going to be uncomfortable and be okay with that uncomfortability. Be okay that, you know, it's, it's not going to be an easy road, road, but being, you know, there for the fight means you're there through the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. So. It's no, beautiful. I, yeah, I think you said it. It's, and this commonality and this topic has come up with a lot of the conversations we've had with our guests. And it's ultimately, it's just humanizing, right? And, and like the opposition and people that come up with these policies are, they're dehumanizing who people are and coming up with rules and laws to make us like we're all like robots or something. But ultimately we are human. And, and they've even said like, despite what we see in the media and the news, you think like you're gonna go out there and everybody's gonna hate on you. But once you like meet people, human to human, people have a lot more natural empathy. And I think you have to believe that there's more people that will relate to you as a human versus oh, the latter. Absolutely, you know, Michael J. Fox made a comment um, and I will never forget it, you know, through his Parkinson's disease. But he said, with optimism, um, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. And so for me, that's really what it is. You have to be, you have to find the good things. And when I've been to these cities, like when I went to Nashville, I was nervous. I'm a trans person of color. There are anti-trans laws there. I was, you know, I I was looking over my shoulder, but what I found was the most welcoming, warm, like, allies and queer folks alike. Like, it was a city where mostly everyone didn't really care. Mm-hmm. But it's always like that, the small minority that's always the loudest. Mm-hmm. But for me, I believe, and I think as for the work that I do, I have to believe and have that optimism that there are more people than not that want everyone to move forward together, yeah. that want an inclusive, equitable space, you know, together. So I think it's it's remembering that and... There's more good folks out there than are, that in my experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm all over the country and, and I keep my eyes open. And that's, I'm always asking questions and always observing, um, especially here at Tales. Um, you know, you having me on the podcast, there, there's more of us than not. You know, we just have to not stare into the darkness because we can get lost in mm-hmm. it. It's very easy. You know, RuPaul said it, you know, you can look at the darkness, but don't stare at it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I try to remember that as well. So, well. Let's talk specifically about Bacardi's commitment to diversity and to change through your role. Mm-hmm. You know, how does the company support and champion equity within our industry? So um, I'll give you a couple of examples. I always say, you know, um, when you see an ad that, you know, a commercial that comes down, you're like, whoa, someone was not in the room to check that or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, something that's completely tone deaf because usually a lot of these decisions are made without actually the person from that community being in the room with the voice. So one thing that Bacardi's done really well is they've let me be that voice mm-hmm. and they, they listen to me. And they're like, Chris, shit, like, for instance, for Club Q, when, when Club Q happened in Colorado Springs on November 19th, one of, the, one of our spaces was, a, uh, was part of a, a deadly uh, gun attack. We lost five, um, five uh, folks. Uh, two of them were trans. And um, after it happened, uh, the president of Bacardi called me, and he was like, Chris, whatever you all need, we're following you on this. And the fact that the president of Bacardi 
you know, took his time to make sure, not only checked in on me, but said whatever you need. And so, you know, I flew down to the, I flew down to Club Q, I paid my respects, um, met with the owners, met with the victims and survivors. And, you know, because from that, I spearheaded a fundraiser with another round, another rally in Tales of the Cocktail. It's the Club Q fundraiser, and we're raising money to build out the memorial for those that were lost and to also offer mental health services for the kids that were there because they are kids. I was, I got to meet all these kids and they're not, they were all between like 22 and 27. Mm-hmm. They're kids, yeah, they're, they're you know? Kids, and yeah. so that's one way is I think supporting that, you know, supporting our community the right way. Yeah. And, and, not, and taking our, our name out from the center of it. Like we're not, you know, it's not something that we broadcasted that we're doing. It's something because we're doing it for the community and we're focusing on the community. And then tomorrow, um, you know, I'm throwing, um, I'm the creative director for the Bacardi main portfolio party, which and it's, an wow, el- it's called Born This one. Gay, Free Your Spirit Extravaganza Ball. But it's a party celebrating wow. the LGBTQ community and it's Bacardi's main event. Um, and so... Go Bacardi. <laughs> so, you know, we're... The, it's going to be a safe space here at Tales of the Cocktail where, you know, for one evening, it's going to be an event dedicated to and for the LGBTQ plus community and our allies. It's wonderful. But they're being centered around it. So do we always get it right? You know, it's it's corporate. It's There's two steps forward, one step back, too. But yeah. the... It's being made, yeah. and I and I think a lot of people have to understand within a corporate structure, it's very different than being at, being able to just you know, um, it's it's very systemic. <laughs> so breaking it down, and it's it's going to take time, but piece by piece. But uh, you know, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul. I mm-hmm. think there's people who fight on the outside, but we need people who fighting on the inside too. So yeah, yeah. No, and and it takes a level of of patience and graciousness to be able to come into something that is systemic and it's worked this way for so long, but kudos to Bacardi that's like, you know what, we know and you don't know what you don't know. So the fact that they bring in people like you, you know, to like represent these issues and really make a change is is huge. And we need the Bacardis of the world, right? And, yeah. and that's what mm-hmm. I say is like, the liquor industry is so lucrative. I mean, like, let's not lie, right? I yeah. mean, they're making, like, gold, and it's great, and I love it, and, and I think it really brings people together. But there's also so much opportunity to use that power for good. And, you know, your proof of that, being able to represent Bacardi and, and an entire community. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, I think it's uh, it's a reciprocity for sure. Um in a way, you know, Bacardi, you know, I, Bacardi gets to do all these amazing things for the community and, and I get to help my community. So I think it's a partnership and I think we both understand that it's, it's a partnership and we, we need to work together to, to move it forward. And for me, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So, you know, I want all the brands on it. I, you know, I hear that we're not the only LGBTQ event this year at Tales. Oh, that, is, so- that is amazing. That's amazing. You know, that is that is awesome. That means that, you know, more brands are coming, you know, are starting to understand and starting to see that the more you include, the more, you know, the more you're going to get. The yeah. more brand, and there is no community more more loyal to brand loyalty than the LGBTQ plus community. Like, you know, for instance, Absolute. I know I work for Bacardi and I represent Grey Goose, but Absolute 
um, has been, you know, with the queer community since 1984. Yep. yep. So I have to, I will just personally as, as a queer person, I always, I will always pay them the utmost respect. And yep. that's one brand that I will never try to take, you know, business from because it's, it's absolute. And yeah, they've always absolute. done, yeah. you know, what they've done. But I think, you know, um, we're getting there's there. There's room for everybody, there's right? Room, and, there's and room that's, for everyone. That's what we're here for. The LGBTQ plus community spends over $3 trillion a year on consumer products and traveling. Like, why not? Trillion, yeah. folks. Trillion. Trillion with a T. That's a T. <laughs> why Come wouldn't on. you want that business? Yeah, why wouldn't why, you? Why wouldn't you want that business? As long as you're doing it authentically and not rainbow washing, I say the more yep. the merrier. I want everybody, That's you know, right. to come join us. <laughs> That's right. Well, Chris, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. Um, um, like on social media? Yeah, so yeah give Gen us Extra. your handles. Well, so for the rest of the week, no. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, my... Uh, Instagram uh, handle is at Chris Cab C H R S C A B. Um, Chris Cab. Chris Cab. Yeah, you know I'm based in New York City, but I travel all over the country. Um, I throw events all over the country, and please, if if you can, um, we do have the fundraiser happening uh, this week at Tales of the Cocktail. Um, if you can donate or buy a shirt, all the money is going to to build out the memorial for uh, the Club Q that we lo- the Club Q folks that we lost, and to help get these kids some much needed mental health services. Wow, well, that's I mean, incredible work that you're doing, Chris, and it takes leaders like you to make the change that we know has to happen. Um, so, what's next for you? What's your ultimate? dream for for you. <laughs> you I know, just have to ask. Of course. No, no, no. It's it's funny that you asked that. I feel this year has been a very um that is the great question. I'm still trying to figure that out. I think you know, I'm 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 tra- so I am transitioning still and mm-hmm. I've been on um hormone therapy for the last year and a half. So it's crazy because on the outside I'm this 44-year-old adult that's this activist and this leader and this hard worker, but inside I'm this 16-year-old boy that just wants to experience the world and yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I feel like um I, I I'm not sure what's next, but I know whatever it is is going to just be what I'm doing just to a much more in-depth much more grander role. Living your best life. Yeah, I'm t- t- doing my best. As Mariah yes. Carey says, doing the best I can with what I got. That's, you know? that's it. Well, <laughs> I, on behalf of the Served Up family, Chris, I want to thank you for taking time out of your very, very, very busy Tales of the Cocktail <laughs> schedule to spend a little bit of time with Julie and I. Yeah. And I want to wish you just some great health and a lot of peace. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, no, thank you for having me. Really, I love I love doing this. I love, you know, helping. You know, it takes a village, and we're all part of that village. And so anytime I can help you all and, and vice versa, you know, I will, I will always be there and willing and ready. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yay! And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!